love investigating cool stuff in the world. And we do this by speaking to the experts. Smart grown-ups who know a lot. Hey Esther, do you know what a camel's hump is for? Doesn't it have water in it or something? Not exactly. Hi Sophie. Hi there fact detectives. Can you fill us in on camels? I sure can. I love camels. I've been working with them for six years and I walked right across Australia with five of them. Wow! We want to know everything. Okay. That's one. What is in a camel's hump? Let's clear this up. It would be awesome if you could just fill up your water bottle from your camel's hump. But, spoiler alert, it's not filled with water. What is in it then? A camel's hump is made of fat and this helps them survive when there's hardly any food around. A camel with a big fat hump can go weeks or even months without food. Does that mean camel humps change size? Yes. Baby camels are called calves and they're born without a hump, but they start to develop one as soon as they start drinking mum's milk. Their humps can get bigger or smaller depending on how much food they're eating. My camels have really fat, firm humps right now. But if a camel uses up all the fat stored inside its hump, their humps can shrink to almost nothing and sometimes flop over. A bit like a big, hairy, deflated balloon. What? (laughs) Aren't there some camels with one hump and some camels with two? That's right. Arabian camels, like mine, have one hump. These camels are also called dromedaries, while Bactrian camels have two humps. An easy way to remember the two types is that when you put the D for dromedary on its side, it creates one hump. And when you put the B for Bactrian on its side, it creates two humps. Nice! Dromedary camels are found throughout the desert in northern Africa and the Middle East, and we also have them in Australia. Wild Bactrian camels originate in cold desert areas like the Gobi Desert in China, and the domestic Bactrian can be found in Mongolia. Camel humps are super important, and not just for food. Deserts can be super hot during the day and freezing cold at night. A camel's hump is really hairy and it helps to insulate the camel and helps it regulate its body temperature by as much as 6 degrees. Wow! This helps camels deal with very hot days in the desert and very cold nights. I've noticed with my camels that when the weather gets cold suddenly, they get quite frisky and like to buck around and be silly. Just like us. Me and my sister jump around to keep warm too. Where did the camels in Australia come from? In the 1840s, up to 20,000 camels were brought over to Australia from India, Pakistan and Afghanistan. Why? Well, even though the First Nations people had lived in the place we now call Australia for tens of thousands of years and thrived, for the British, this land was a big shock. They wanted to explore it, but Australia's inland is largely desert and horses would have trouble surviving in such harsh conditions. Because they can thrive in very hot temperatures, camels are often called ships of the desert. And so their voyages began. But they weren't always successful because the British and Europeans didn't know the land or how to work with the camels. Like Burke and Wills, who used camels in their failed attempt to cross Australia from south to north. People who know how to train and look after camels are called cameleers, and 2,000 of them came from Afghanistan. They were known as the Afghan Cameleers. Their camels were used to transport goods across the remote outback. They carried big wooden train line sleepers, 
power poles for the telegraph line, wool bales weighing 300 kilo, and even a piano was delivered all the way to Alice Springs on the back of a camel. Amazing! Then, in the 1930s, when trucks were introduced into Australia, the camels were no longer needed. So they were released into the wild. These camels bred and thrived and became the wild population we have today. In Australia, we now have the biggest and healthiest camels in the world. And there could be as many as one million of them. Whoa, that's a lot of camels. No one knows the exact number as they're hard to count, being in very remote and isolated areas. Most of the camels are in the centre of Australia, in our deserts and roaming free on vast outback stations. Because they're not native to Australia, camels do wreak some havoc. They eat quite a lot, and if water is available, they'll drink as much as they can. They'll wreck fences and try and drink from any source, including air conditioning units. Camels are caught from the wild in Australia and used for tours, milk and meat. Camel milk is nutritious. What does it taste like? Camel milk tastes a little bit salty. But wait for it. Here's my dad joke. What do you call a camel milk coffee? What? A humpachino. (laughs) (laughs) Fact three. Why are camels always chewing? Camels are chewing their cud, just like cows, deer, sheep, goats and antelope. Hang on. What's cud? Cud is partially digested food. Ew! Let me explain. Camels have three stomachs, which is one less than a cow. Their multiple stomachs are a way that they can eat tough plants that are hard to digest. They even eat plants with big spikes, like cacti. After they've eaten, they regurgitate their food and chew it a second, and sometimes even a third time. And this is called cud. Doing this means they can absorb more nutrients from what they eat. Imagine if you could regurgitate last night's pizza and eat it again. Gross! I heard that camels spit. Is that true? Not exactly. One hump camels, dromedaries, don't spit. They actually vomit. Speaking of gross things, if a camel feels threatened or if they're cranky, they will throw up their cud all over you. Trust me, it's not fun being covered in camel cud. It's green and it stinks. Why did a camel vomit at you? My camels were feral or wild camels and I had to tame them and train them. But in the beginning, they were afraid of everything. My camel Clayton threw up on me a lot. Oh no, what did you do? How did you deal with that? Well, it took months and lots of treats to gain their trust. But I was patient because I needed their help on my trip. At the start, they were frightened of things like a shed, a water tank, an ant mound, even something as cute as a baby goat. But the thing that scared them the most were miniature ponies. I stopped at one particular outback station and they had this cute little miniature pony. He was quite old and half blind and he really wanted to make friends with my camels. But all my five massive camels stood cowering together in the corner of the yard, absolutely terrified by this miniature pony. Aww. What are your camels called? Jude was the first camel who dared to take a treat from me. He's always super curious. Then there's Charlie. Charlie's nickname is Chicken 
because he has really long camel lips that make him look like he has a beak, and so he got the name Charlie Chicken Lips, or Chicken for short. Charlie is a big sook and will rest his head in my lap. Next is Clayton. He's the opposite. He hates being touched, but is super smart and likes routine. Then there's Mac, who goes at the back. He's quite lazy, which is a good thing, because your back camel is like the brakes on a car. They have to slow the others down at the front if they get too fast. Delilah is my only female camel, and she is my lead camel, the camel at the front. Girls make good leaders, don't you think? Yes! A group of camels is called a caravan, but when they're in a line and connected, like mine were when we were travelling, they're called a string. Fact four! How do you train a camel? Well, it's kind of like training a dog. Lots of treats and positive reinforcement. Camels are really smart. Through training, you can teach them their names and to do certain things when you say certain words, like stand up, walk, stop and sit down. We use the word hush, which comes from the word hushta, which was used by the Afghan cameleers and means to sit down or kneel. Once a camel has sat down, then we can put a saddle on. They're so big that you can't do it when they're standing. A fully grown dromedary camel is over 180 centimetres at the shoulder and the hump is well over two metres high. Even standing on my tiptoes, I can barely touch the top of my camel's humps. Camels are around three metres long, can weigh up to a tonne and live around 40 years. The only way to get a camel to stand up is to ask them to, and you have to really believe it. If you're a bit unsure, the camel just won't get up because they can sense that you don't mean it. They can be stubborn, that's for sure. And they can kick really hard so you don't want to annoy them. Ouch! Just like dogs and horses, camels love to roll around on the ground. But because of the humps, they have to roll a little bit differently. First, they roll on one side, then they stand up, and then they roll on the other side. While I was trekking across the country with my camels, they would roll every afternoon after I unsaddled them. With a huge camel rolling around, all my stuff would get covered in dust and dirt. The funny thing is that camels seem to also believe that once a roll pit has been created, this is the best possible spot to roll and no other place will do. My camels would often roll on top of one another, half squishing and bumping into one another just to roll in that one particular spot. What do camels sound like? Camels groan, grunt, bellow and roar. Have either of you seen Star Wars? Yes. Why? Well, the sound that Chewbacca makes was based on the noise from a camel. Oh, cool. Fact five. How long can camels go without water? Camels can go weeks or even months without water. If there's something green to munch on, camels will absorb water from what they eat. They're really well adapted to living in deserts, and especially in the Australian outback, where there are lots of spiky plants camels like to eat. There's no grass out there, but there are lots of different kinds of plants. Camel blood is also really cool. Camels have specially shaped red blood cells. Instead of being round like ours, they're oval. Why? What does that do? This special shape means that they can cope with becoming severely dehydrated. 
If most other animals were to become dehydrated, their blood would thicken and clot. But a camel's blood, because of the oval-shaped blood cells, will continue to flow normally. Cool! Once they get to water, camels can drink 200 litres of water in three minutes. That's like filling a car up with fuel four times in three minutes. Seriously? Yep. Camels have other cool design features, like they can shut their nostrils against sandstorms. They also have long eyelashes to keep sand out. But if a bit of sand gets in their eye, then they can dislodge it with their translucent third eyelid. Camels also have feet that are perfectly adapted to desert life. They've got two big toes and a big squishy pad that splays out, kind of like snowshoes. Camels almost float across the sand. Camels also have a hard bone below their chest, which is covered in callous skin. It's a bit like having an extra knee pad for your body. This hard bone is called the pedestal. Camels use it to sit down on when they fold their legs underneath themselves. Their pedestal acts kind of like an air conditioning unit, stopping their belly from touching the burning hot sand and allowing cool airflow. A camel's pedestal is often the shape of a love heart. Aww, cute! Try this at home! Okay, for all you fact detectives listening at home, now it's your chance to make up some camel jokes like we're going to do right now. First, you have to think about words that have to do with camels. Can you think of any, Esther and Annika? Hump, desert. Good start. And then you need to think about words that could have a double meaning. A pun? Exactly. For example, how do you hide a camel? Um... Camouflage! (laughs) (laughs) Okay, okay. we've got one. What do you call a camel with no humps? I'm not sure. What do you call a camel with no humps? Hump free. Get it? (laughs) Nice work, fact detectives. Thanks, Sophie. No worries. It's been fun, fact detectives. This has been another super fun episode of The Fact Detectives with me, Annika. And me, Esther. Big thanks to Sophie Madison, who trekked across Australia with five camels. And wrote a book called The Crossing about her adventures. And big thanks to Delilah, who asked us to investigate camels. If you are finding out the facts as much as we do. And if you have a big topic you would like us to investigate. Or if you'd like to send us your camel jokes. Then get in touch at factdetectives at kindling.com.au.